Ladies and gents, uh, welcome back to Engineers, the podcast. Today we've got Robert with us, who's uh, Director of Engineering at a company called Algolia. Um, if you are devs listening, um, some of you guys and girls might have used this platform before. Essentially, they're a, a search and discovery platform that offers APIs for devs to integrate with around improving search and recommendations on their platforms. So, uh, Robert, thanks for joining us. How are you? How's things? Hey, hey Elliot. Good. I'm good. Uh, really excited to be here. How about you? Love it. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm always excited. Do you want to give us a quick intro into you and, and help the audience familiarize themselves around who you are? Sure thing. Um, so, I'm Robert. Uh, I'm Director of Engineering here with Algolia. Uh, and I've been working with, here for more than four years now. Um, Cool. I start initially working on what we call at the time the developer experience uh, products, um, things like API clients, front-end libraries, and, and whatnot. And then more recently, I've been starting a different effort about building our data ingestion platform. Nice. Uh, and predating um, Algolia, tell us a little bit about your background or career okay. history, if you like. We're going to touch on that slightly anyway. As we know, we've got some bits to talk about in regards to Amazon. I'm giving everyone a clue, but it'd be good to understand a little bit about you before Algolia as well. Sure. Um, so I started my career as a mobile engineer, um, most specifically iOS. So I started back when I think iOS 2 was on the market. Uh, so there were not many uh, iOS engineers, which meant a lot of cool stuff to do. Uh, I started working in an agency building <clears throat> Application for, I think now I can say it's been like 10 more years. Um, the first, one of the first Nespresso applications where you can actually, you know, you had George sure. Clooney uh, ordering coffees, um, you know, best Western hotel booking applications and, you know, <laughs> booking cards, like everything, you know, like everybody wanted an app. Um, and basically, you know, uh, after that, I was like a super fanboy of Apple. Um, and I had the opportunity to, uh, to join Apple after three years or so of doing mobile. Um, I did that in Paris. So, uh, you know, Apple, they do have an office in Paris. And I was yeah. working on, uh, for two years, basically on building internal software, uh, okay. you know, from like package tracking solutions to fleet management and, and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. It was a great experience. It was like a very fulfilling experience, you know, working in a company like that. Yeah. But then always my dream was, you know, I was a developer at heart, right? And I was seeing the movies and stuff about Silicon Valley. And I was like, oh my God, I want to go to US. Um, and then I kind of started interviewing and, uh, and Amazon came along and um, I was like, okay. Um, I didn't know much about them besides the fact that they were selling things. Um, and then I was like, okay, cool. Um, let's do it. I was like, yeah, we're based in Seattle. And I was a bit ignorant at the time, right? I was like, where is Seattle on a mark <laughs> on, a, on a map? <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. okay so, Way you up know, there. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I, I went there, I interviewed there and um, I got hired. So um, I started working on, you know, I, I spent two years and a bit on uh, uh, at Amazon, uh, worked on the Kindle Fire, uh, the tablet, cool. most specifically on the browser, um, on, on different products, and then moved into the Prime Now application um, that we're going to talk a bit later. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I then I kind of uh, navigate a bit towards like I started my own company, start teaching. Yep. And uh, four years and a bit, um, I joined Algolia. Love it. Uh, and you mentioned it at some point, a little bit later on in the pod, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Amazon Prime. I'm yep. really keen at that point to, to tuck into some of the Amazon mindset um, around building software. So we will, and I'll ask some of those deliberate questions around that. Help, help us understand as an audience, who are Algolia? I've obviously given the intro, but yeah. who are Algolia and what, what do they do? Yeah. So Algolia, like you said, right, we are a API for search and discovery platform, uh, which means we're helping the builders out there, um, you know, compose great experiences and actually take, take advantage of their content, right? Search and discovery is all about content, like your catalog, your data, and like how do you make that something truly magical for the end consumers. Yeah. Um, so we, we do that through, uh, one, we started historically with 
with search, right? That was the first problem that we solved. Um, yeah. And then we moved into, okay, rec recommend. Uh, so not just kind of like the, the first pages and like helping you get to the result, but even giving you more clarity on, okay, this result is not, doesn't live in isolation, but you know, there are like other products that are related in different ways. Yeah. Um, and again, we, we do that with a lot of focus on you as a builder, how do you think about your product? What are you trying to achieve and how do we help you achieve that? Um, and then we can, we can dive a bit deeper into what does it mean for developers specifically. Um, but there's not just that, right? Uh, it's all about as well as like, okay, as a business, what do you need? Like an e-commerce versus a media versus a SaaS. Like what are your different needs compared to one another? Because uh, you don't have one tool fits them all. Uh, but yep. so that's why sometimes we go into verticals and sometimes we, we go like horizontal solutions. Um, and at the end of the day, a big focus on everything that we do is the end customer, right? Because yeah. you could have great software, you can have yeah. great yeah. business tools, but if your end customer doesn't feel the love, uh, right, um, then you're doing it for nothing. And that's why companies like Amazon, Netflix, Facebook are winning, are willing, uh, sorry, are winning in the market because they have this great experience and they pay a lot of attention to, uh, attention to what is great yeah. for their customers. And the challenge in today's world is how do you compete with companies like that when you are like 20 engineers company, 50 engineers yeah. company, 100? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where we're trying to, um, to, to help. A really interesting question that springs to mind is how are you different or catering for being developer first versus B2C? Because it equally... I, I can understand that it, it's probably the same goal, but it probably applies two different mindsets in there as well. So can yeah. you help us understand that? And so to be honest, it took me a while to, um, to get here, to understand this, because <clears throat> the problem is when, you, when you're a developer first and where you, um, you know, in the B2B compared to B2C is everything you do, it's visible, right? So let's talk about Amazon or any other website that you like. You go on, you know, Amazon.com and you do your search. Um, and if it works well as an end customer, you're happy, right? And that's kind of, you need to know your audience. So your audience is the consumer. Um, yeah. The consumer doesn't really care what's behind uh, Amazon. Like if you patched everything and it's just like about yeah. to explode or if, if it's super performant. What they're interested in is, okay, does it work? Does it help me, you know, do whatever I, I'm expecting from this website and, and whatnot? Now, in the B2B and most specifically when you have developer in front of you, they're going to judge you, right? They're going to judge your product and they're going to compare it to, to other solutions, uh, especially yeah. in markets where you have like open source and, and you know, like, you know, SaaS and, and, and whatnot. So first of all is, do you understand the developer community? Do you understand yeah. what they're trying to do and how do they do it? Do you understand uh, the tech stack that they are using and the uh, mm -hmm. you know, domain in which they are uh, evolving? Um, you know, a lot of Algolia's products are open source, which means yep. you cannot just put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> I guess that's the expression, right? Uh, everything we do is visible. Uh, so any developer can, can see, you know, if we're actually slacking, if we're actually not yeah. Uh, yeah. paying attention to uh, things like reliability, maintainability, and um, if we're just trying to sell you a fake dream. Um, yeah. So, you know, things like, because um, I'm spending my days right now interviewing, so I, I, I talk to hundreds of candidates. Um, and sometimes I'm still surprised when I hear like, yeah, yeah, testing it's something that is nice to have. Um, yeah. so, but we have things like, you know, like testing, CICD, um, design reviews, all those things for us are the baseline, right? Are like normal yeah. things that we okay. need to do to make sure that, at the end of the day, everything that we ship is it's stable um, yeah. and it, you know, it's performant because the biggest difference in a way between B2C and B2B is everything that we ship is we ship it in other people's software. So yeah. there are like thousands of companies which are embedding our software, which means yeah. if we ship, let's say something that is going to crash. It's going to not crash only on your website or your service, and then you have a patch in five minutes and it's ready, but it's going to explode in like tens of thousands of other uh, people's services, which means yeah. you are as well reliable, like you need to be reliable for them as well, right? Uh, and accountable yeah. for, for your work. So we, we own, you know, the delivery from zero to a hundred. Um, we, 
again, we are developers, so we know exactly what we need to be to pay attention to um, yeah. in order to actually have something that um, that works. Um, that, that's why I love the idea of the platform. And from what I understand, listening as well, think like an engineer, but think like a customer as well. It's almost like a stepping stone part of we we interact directly with engineers. They know us. They know our bread and butter and our day to day. Think like an engineer. Think like a customer. Because essentially, you're B two B to to C in effect. Yeah, and and I guess you 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 even see that on how we build roadmaps, right? I think this is another debate in the in the community is like, okay, the product is defining the roadmap, and you as the developer, you're just executing. When you are in this space, it's exactly the opposite, right? Like you are a developer, so you know your audience really well. So you are a part of the product. The product is you know your 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 work. So yeah. the way we work is it's a true collaboration, right, between product and um, develop the engineers in the team. And we're defining together, like, how do we, what are we building next? And yeah. um, a lot of our, even a lot of our great products, um, you know, things like API clients and instant search libraries, front-end libraries, uh, a big chunk of that work was actually built by developers without without even product uh, okay. being involved. And I'm not saying, okay, we should not have products. I, I think that that would be the wrong part of my message, but it's, it's super important to have the developers, the engineers of your team being involved in that. And it's if you don't do yeah. that, probably you're not going to have a product that's worth using as a developer, right? Um, because again, we, we see developers being the champions of Algolia. Uh, so they start with you know using Algolia on very small projects. Um, and then they are the one pushing it in their companies because it fits you know, and they, uh, their, their needs and it works seamlessly. Um, and we actually tried, you know, like we, we, it's not that we tried, we, we do uh, for several years building like different solutions for the developer community for Christmas. Uh, and yeah. one of the, um, the great product that came out of it was Doc Search. So okay. not many know nice. about it, but uh, I mean, actually do many know about it. So every time you go on a website like uh, Tailwind or React or Bootstrap and you go on presentation, um, you're going to see Algolia being the search uh, provider. Um, so okay. this is a service that we offer for free um, to, to all the companies out there that they have uh, open source documentation and open source projects, um, right? So a lot of these developers, cool. they, they see us and they, 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 they understand we are a part of the community and we're not trying here to just sell you a product like any other product, but we do truly understand um, you know, what it is to be um, building a tool for, for, um, as a developer. Yeah. Picking up on some of the things you said a handful of minutes ago that, that I thought were really interesting, the lipstick on a pig analogy, which I love, um, the, this pretty element, and you're talking to a lot of people at the moment who uh, don't have that emphasis on uh, maybe reliability engineering or test-driven development or building pipelines. Talk to, talk to us about those two trade-offs if you can, as in being pretty versus, if you like, performance engineering, because they're, they're two things that I can imagine. Tell me if I'm wrong as well. I can imagine they're probably quite a big trade-off within the business. Yeah. So <clears throat> there is, oh, yes, indeed. So it's always one of the questions that we always ask ourselves is, what are you trying to optimize for? You know, first, okay. why are you doing this? So we always try to start with the why. Like, what is the whole reason that we're going to build this or we're going to do that? Uh, and then um, what are you trying to optimize for? And in the beginning, it was not necessarily always clear. Uh, so I, I told you one of the, the projects that I was working on when I joined, given my background, was um, front-end libraries for mobile and most specifically for native platforms, iOS and Android. Um, yep. And Instant Search was, and it is, a framework that allows you to build this search UI um, um, experiences uh, in, in no time, right? Uh, and the motivation was we saw all these companies trying to build the same search experience. You need the search bar and you need filters and whatnot uh, and always reinventing and sometimes not even getting it correctly um, because they were trying to just use the API client. So it was like, what if we can offer them something uh, to solve 80% of their use case uh, while they can still focus on the 20%, which is customizable. And um, the, the decision that we took in the beginning was, okay, we're going to offer UI components, so search bars and uh, filters yep. and whatnot, that they can just plug and play. Cool. And the 
what we were thinking is we're going to optimize for speed, right? So I want to speed up development. They're going to just yeah. plug this and then it's going to work. What we realized very fast, it took us uh, it, it took us a couple of iterations, but was on native platforms, it was very, very hard to customize. Okay. So a search bar in itself, it's you know a UI search bar. It was a component that back back then you could have changed the, the background color, a bit of text, and that's kind of it. And when you look at the yeah. companies out there, they all want their own brand, right? So they want to make things that are bold and make a statement, and you actually identify easily. This is you know X versus Y because it looks like this. And even though we were helping a majority of our developers build the first experience fast, and there, there was the mm. wow effect, right? Like you plot things and they worked and you have the data displayed and it's great. Yeah. Once that they went into like more customizable, right? Like into a big, like more mature level of the product that we're trying to build, mm-hmm. they were getting blocked a bit because, okay, well now I need to rewrite a bunch of things because your search bar cannot be customizable, which was not our search bar. It was like the, the native component that we got. You. Uh, so then what we realized is okay, it's great for people to, to build fast, but if they build fast up to a point where then they are blocked and they, they have to revisit mm-hmm. their entire choice based on our choices, they might lose trust. They might lose time. They're going to definitely uh, not going to help them. So the, the second version, the second iteration was, okay, what are we actually trying to solve? And yeah. we, okay. we we start thinking um, about the, the the actual problems, and we're thinking about like the, the feedback that we're getting. And what we realized it was not okay. They need a search bar, but is they need a way to keep the state of everything that goes behind the search experience. Like yeah. every time you, you you type something and you apply a filter and you select something and you go on a page, though like that state was hard to maintain and. That's okay. where a lot of people were were having problems, not customizing a search bar. So the second step was, okay, we're going to introduce this concept of middleware or, you know, uh, connectors, which they handle the entire state. Yeah. And then, you know, the search bars and whatnot, the UI, it's something that we are going to still work on, but that's optional. And you can use any input um, that could, you know, be... Um, any components that can give you an input. So for example, a search bar, but a text edit or or whatnot. Yeah. And then basically we unblocked everybody, right? Because we need to give, as a developer and as a developer uh, builder, you need to think about what is the escape hatch, right? Yeah. If it's good to have strong opinions, but not block your uh, your customers because your dis- opinions are, um, are like that. Uh- I think for what I decipher from that, understanding some of the business logic and and the problem you, you said that people are trying to solve is really key. And the reusability and the customization, especially on the front end, we're going to talk about the, the infrastructure part as well, that I know your mindset is really similar to that, that that seems quite key for, yeah. for Algolia's success. I like that. Indeed. Uh, again, uh, for, for me, and so there's another aspect to it as well is how do you listen to your customers, right? And I think it, it's not just uh, when you when you build a B2B or a, or a developer first uh, experience, but it's it's even harder when you build um, you know tools like this because if you have your own website, you can like like push a lot of analytics and insights and and whatnot, and then we can discuss about GDPR and. Uh, but you can have a lot of implicit feedback about how people yeah. are using your um, your um, product. However, when yeah. you build tools for developers and when you build solutions like this, you cannot have as much implicit feedback, right? Because like I said, everything we do is open source. So if tomorrow yeah. I'm adding Google Analytics to my libraries, nobody's going to like it. So you need to yeah. rely a lot on the community and you know talk with the community and like... That's why a lot of things are open source. So we can actually get like GitHub issues and GitHub um, discussions with, with the community, <clears throat> you know, and always have a, the documentation is another important uh, aspect of developer first uh, tool because uh, product, because that's how your developers are going to um, learn how to use your product, right? Um, there's going to be their, their place where they're going to find the answers. And that's a good yeah. opportunity uh, place as well to give them a, a chance of, sharing their frustrations uh, with you and help you overall build a better product. So always think about how can I make 
how can I open the discussion with the community, right? Like always yeah. be try to be active. If someone is complaining about the product, that's a great opportunity for you to improve it. It's not uh, something that you should run away from. Yeah. I, I think what, when I started the, this pod, uh, and it even becomes more apparent in, in this conversation, I thought some of the challenges or or the most difficult challenges were around uh, the technicals, you know, it's in scale or reliability. But I think the more and more people and companies that I speak to, especially in this instance, customer understanding and context has been really key to understanding how you delight customers or delight developers, if you like, as opposed to how do we move from millions of events running through our platform to trillions of events running through our platform? Sure, that's probably a problem to solve, which I'm sure we're going to talk about the infrastructure parts in a second, but really it's the customer understanding part that I think derives more of the challenges itself. It's interesting hearing some of the bottlenecks as you talk about the um, search bars on what people were looking for or, or what you thought people wanted and what people are actually looking for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's, the, that, that's the other part as well, right? When you start working in with, um, a company like Algolia is I didn't really understand. I, I didn't really understood what, what search is uh, until I actually start working on it. And um, once that you start working on it, you realize like how bad it is on uh, most of the other <laughs> uh places um you know um and it's all Is that about your sales pitch but that, no, that's your sales pitch to everyone else it, it's actually sad you know it's not my sales pitch it's not, it's something that once again it it's um uh, it's an actual problem because you get frustrated now you are an expert in the field and you know what search should be like and you go on a website and you're trying to kind of find what you're looking for like come on man like typo tolerance is a 2010 thing it's it should be already here um but the, the magic thing about search is um it's not most of people think about search as a search bar right mm-hmm. um and that's not how actual customers uh use it so search bar is just one way of interacting with the content um okay. one thing that we realize is when you go on a first you know first page of a website you know pure e-commerce go-to for buying your jeans or whatever. Um, that's already a search place. It's a discovery okay. place, right? So the first panels that you see about recommendations or, you know, from a specific brand or because you bought this, you had, that's already search as well. Like help you, you know, um, discover already more content. Because at the end of the day, okay. what we're doing is we're trying to shortcut the experience and the frustration of, I have something in mind and I need to find it. And it shouldn't be a, you know, like a marathon of like, how do I get there? Uh, Mm -hmm. It should be as intuitive as, you know, uh, okay, um, what are you looking for? Um, You know, saying like red jeans, for example, you already know, okay, jeans is an actual category and red is a color. So we can give you actually a lot of uh, better um, results instead of just having something like, I don't know, reddish uh, you know I, I think my example here I, I i lost myself in the example uh but um anyway uh, what i'm trying to say is there are different ways of actually put the content in motion uh right and that's something that we use uh, internally is like how do we put the content in motion and how do we help you know our customers interact with that content um and again it's it's all about the entire step right i go on the website uh and yeah. that's where is my point of entry uh, and you should okay. actually take advantage of that because you know your customer, you know your audience. So why should you show me something super generic as in women's skirts when in reality I'm a man, uh, which you already know I bought T-shirts, right? Uh, or or vice versa. Um, so, and then once that you go into the search, how do you make it intuitive? If I start act, uh, searching for pirate, if yeah. it's if wrong Halloween, probably, you know, show me some Halloween costumes. So taking account seasonability, uh, time of, you know, time of the year or time of the day, if I'm a restaurant uh, or like a Yelp, right? Like if I, if I look for, um, for, for pizza, don't show me like a bar and a diet. Uh, yeah. Like, right. Because again, um, so it's all about how do you make an, uh, again, a product that works as well with, with what the end customer is, is expecting. This might come across as a really dim question, but we're on recommendation engines anyway. Uh, As part of 
Algolia's features, do you help build recommendations for, let's just say, Gene's websites that is relevant to each individual customer? So when I log online, it's recognizing it as me. Is is part of Algolia's sell, if you like, or feature that it will know it's me? And it will start recommending genes to me based on my previous searches. That could be a really dim question, by the way, considering it's a recommendations engine. But is that part of what you do? You create a self-learning engine? Yeah. So um, I don't think we're doing personalized recommendations just yet. Um, Fine. So, so we're doing personalized search. Okay. Which means, so personalized search is basically... I know you're searching for jacket. So you search for jacket mm-hmm. and I know you are a man based on previous interactions or previous okay. uh, data that you know the company sent. And then I'm probably going to show you like men jackets as first results, right? Gotcha. Uh, so then we are going to work. Uh, so I don't know exactly the, you know, the roadmap on, on the recommend team, but that's personalized recommendation, which yes, definitely is something which is under um, our scope. Um, when is going to come? I don't know. Um, today's recommendation basically was like frequently bought together. So yeah. I bought a white t-shirt, probably show me some blue jeans or black yeah. jeans, but nothing, I don't know, green because might not work. Um, I mean, it might. Um, or, uh, <laughs> you know, related products. So yeah. because I'm looking at this white shirt, a t-shirt, uh, it's going to show me other white t-shirts that are um, somehow related, right? Um, that's where we are today. That's what we offer. Uh, but I know the team is, has a really ambitious goals, and uh, in the coming months we're going to see like really, really cool things. Cool. If if you need any user testing, you know where I am. I will do that. I promise. <laughs> um, but, side question. No, yeah. go on. Um, yeah. So that that's another thing that uh, it's it's interesting and it's important, right? It's like, what are the assumptions that you make when you build a product, and okay. what do you do in order to um, to validate or invalidate, right? Okay. Like we could start with recommendation and start to build everything, right? Like personalized recommendations and frequently bought together and like um, other people bought this and you should buy this and like mix yeah. everything yeah. and ship a product three years after or six years after. Mm-hmm. Um, and you realize that, okay, actually nobody needs recommendation or you are too late in the game. Instead okay. of that, you know, our approach is like, how can we like ship small iterations, you know, make some assumptions and do everything helping us to validate and validate and then, you know, pivot uh, if needed. Um, so that's why, you know, when we, when, when we build new things, it's not everything out of the box. In some cases, it's, you know, recommended in the early stages. Uh, just as an idea, if you're, if you're fleshing out um, or, or trying to validate previous uh, or uh, recently bought with, as an example, how long do you think that could take from idea to going into production and being user tested? Yeah. Um, so it depends. Sorry, right? I've put you on the spot. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But um, so, and I think it kind of introduced the second topic of the discussion in a way, right? Like it depends. It depends okay. how you build your company. It depends how you build um, engineering and product overall. Um, okay. You know, it, it could take years uh, or it could right. take weeks. Um, wow. So I saw, I saw in, my, in my past experience, you know, like products being shipped like this, right? In a matter of a month, two months, three months. And like okay. products are generating like millions per, per month doing that. Wow. Uh, and I saw like very small features taking, you know, like close to a year. Um, the key question here you should ask yourself is like, what do you do uh, and how do you not only think about the product that gets out, but the underlining, you know, software, the underlining infrastructure, the underlining processes that you're putting in place to help with each iteration, basically have small building blocks that you can then reuse later on, right? Like when you you build the first API uh, for, let's say for recommend, right? How hard is gonna be to actually spin a new API point endpoint for frequently bought together with the collaborative gotcha. feature approach, right? Yeah. And if every time you need to start from scratch, probably yeah, yeah you're gonna get to one year of uh, you know um, cycles. But if you actually every time 
you you think a bit ahead. It's like, okay, this is something interesting that probably other people might use it. Um, then you might have a good chance of, you know, start building your actual foundation as a company uh, and, you know, helping others, you know, iterate fast. Because every time you build a product, you're solving 100% of the problem. But if you actually start thinking about that problem, it's like, okay, what if this 20%, I can reuse it later, and then 40% here, someone can become a library, and this one can yeah. become a service. Um, then, you know, you you start building this culture of, okay, we're not doing this just to kind of meet an OKR at the end of this, the quarter, but we're doing this to invest in our future as a company yeah. um, to be able to have faster iterations and faster, um, you know, release cycles and whatnot. You're playing me a nice pass here. I agree with that. We've touched on that anyway. But you've played me a nice pass in terms of reusability. Should we touch on that? Yeah, and, I guess, And yes. first touch, touch on your experience uh, at Amazon Prime because that's significant. I think it lays quite a good foundation for how your offering's different from Amazon Prime, if you like, and what you learned there. To yeah. Algolia, so talk to us about that experience because I th- I think that would be really insightful and impactful for for people listening as well, wanting to understand how people think at Amazon. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's not no secret, right? Amazon is has been innovating a lot in across the entire uh, engineering um, department. Now, one of the things that they're doing it and they're doing it really, really well is building, you know. Um, reusable software uh, everything that you do you know like it serves a purpose and it's built on top of something else uh, mm-hmm. like you're never going to start deploying from scratch and i mean when i say never it's there are cases right like amazon is a huge uh engineering department so i there might be cases but most of the time 80 percent of the time you're always going to reuse something else uh, from the underlying infrastructure to the underlying um deployment uh, service and, and and you know um what you're but it was never as shocking as the example that I, I experienced on, on Prime Now because, so Prime Now, for those who don't know, it's an app allowing you to order, you know, a subset of the entire Amazon catalog uh, and deliver it under one hour, right? So very similar to, let's say, what Deliver is doing today with food and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's Friday night, you need some beers and some chips because you're going to watch your soccer game while you... you you know, you order and one hour then it's, 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 you know, in front of your door. And then back in the day it was like, wow, that's amazing. Um, but so I don't know exactly from a business perspective, right? Like how do we got to this and whatnot? But I know that the decision was prime now needs to go out before Christmas. I mean, just before Christmas. Um, and basically the, the engineering team had three to four months to build everything. Yeah. Right. And we're talking about service here, which, again, you have a huge subcatalog of the entire Amazon uh, with, you know, order processing and like the entire search and, 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 and catalog management and order tracking and payments and like yeah. super, super complex, right? Like it takes years to build everything like this. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, it's like, okay, uh, it's going to be before Christmas and it needed to be before Christmas because, you know, there's marketing in place and you cannot push Christmas, right? You cannot say, well, let's push Christmas to be on 29 this year. Um, and there's a lot of business implications there. Uh, I mean, of course, when you hear something like this, no, it's not, never going to happen from nothing to, to everything. Uh, but what was super surprising is everything was built on top of other systems. So we reused, I guess, it was Amazon Fresh. So Amazon Fresh was delivery for uh, for gro- grocery sense. delivery, right? Um, infrastructure. And then there was another system that which we used for billing, which I don't remember. It was like Amazon Mom or something like that. Um, and then we used the entire search infrastructure from, um, from Amazon Search. Um, yeah. And one interesting thing there, right? Like when you, you reuse a lot of components, in some cases, you're going to get into situations interesting <laughs> into situation where you're like well it doesn't really work with what we're trying to do right and that's where they were very smart about it and very intentional is okay <clears throat> if it doesn't work it doesn't necessarily mean you have to rewrite it but what you okay. can actually do is do a concept which i don't know how they called it back in the day uh at Algolia we call it uh, guest engineering so guest one or guest 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 engineering cool. right so what cool. it actually means is um so I had to implement uh, some changes uh, in the in the search experience uh, on on Prime Now, 
And the search results were not necessarily playing well with what we had in mind for Prime Now. So instead of rebuilding an entire search, I went into the search team for like several weeks. I worked with the folks in the search team. I built the feature there. They helped me. They mentored me and they did everything. And then we deployed yeah. this feature in their entire you know, stack. Yeah. And now it was available not just for us, but as well for the entire Amazon retail app. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. How we collapse and expand results and, and whatnot. But then what happened there and the magic of thing is, one, we sold our issue with a tenth of effort. Um, second is we built a feature now that can be reused by Amazon retail, uh, which is going to bring value to them as well. Uh, so yeah. we were like win-win, right? Um, and then, you know, the next team would come and would need a search experience. They would have already like 99% of uh, the search built. Um, so everything that we're doing was in this, uh, in kind of like this, with this mentality. Uh, even for the native uh, applications, right? We're using underlining frameworks built in, uh, in uh, Amazon um, to deploy uh, iOS and Android. Every time we yep. saw something that was not working, we're not like, okay, I'm going to give up. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to ship it like upstream. And then the entire Amazon would benefit from it. So again, it's, gotcha. yes, um, it, it can start as small as, you know, just documenting it and, you know, like, remove it from your app into like a separate uh, separate lib or separate uh, repo. Um, I'm not saying, okay, start over-engineering everything today, um, but start thinking about like, is this worth, you know, something more? Can I help other people with what I'm doing today? I love that. I love that. The, the simple concept I imagined offline was Uber. Yeah, I, I know nothing about uber by the way no one's told me you know that this at all but i'm thinking about uber and uber eats you've got everything from um mapping gps you've got the infrastructure or driver infrastructure there uh all you need to do is probably add on top of that features around supermarkets other things you could probably take billing payments checkout etc and just lift and shift it over to uber eats that's how i imagined it um and probably from what i understand concepts are quite the same amazon fresh other things yeah so we we are doing this uh now at scale at, uh, at algolia right it's been yeah. i guess um about more than than six months more than that so we introduced the, the concept of platforms um cool we, we didn't necessarily had this concept before even though we were um doing a lot in the reusability space but now it's it's a thing, right? Um, okay. And that's why when I was telling you in the beginning that uh, my role today is working with the data ingestion platform. Um, it's introducing the concept of platform when it comes to how do we think about data? You know, how do we think about like ingesting the data and I like, reuse it? Um, so to tell you a bit more about that, actually, should we go in that direction? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, take right. us. Okay. Take us. Um, Here's the right. reins. So, um, Give you a short overview of how Algolia worked uh, in the beginning. So, you know, we had the search team, which was basically, you know, they they were uh, building the search API. Uh, so basically, as a customer, you use the search API and you send your, you know, records. And then they mm -hmm. take those records, they index it, they, they own basically the end-to-end -end experience. Uh, similar to, you know, the... Um, the recommend team, right? They um, they have their own endpoint to kind of get the data um, and and whatnot. And then uh, you know we have a bunch of other teams re reusing events or or records. Um, okay. And historically, they were all kind of owning everything uh, on, on that on that side. It's like opening a new endpoint, uh, you know, building a pipeline of data and and whatnot. So the direction that we took, for example, with ingestion is okay. We're going to introduce the concept of a platform, uh, which means our focus, you know, we have a group of people, is how can we help all our internal customers leverage the data that the customers are sending it? So instead of them thinking, okay, how should I ingest data? They should think about how can I build value on top of this data? Mm -hmm. um, so the way we, we did this is a kind of like a three-layer cake, <laughs> I like to call it. Um, so the first one is, is one team that we call uh, Events and Records Connections. And Again, names are not necessarily important, but this team's entire focus, it's all about how can we unify the experience of sending data into Algolia, right? Like, how can I push data as a customer and how do I, Algolia can pull data from your, you know, sources of data. Yeah. Um, for all the products, right? 
so as a customer, you should not think, I want to use recommend. What is the specific way of using uh, sending that data? Or I want to use the search. How do I exactly send to that? It's like you think about, okay, how can I connect my sources of data? And this team as well is going to focus a lot on scaling the, the, the number of um, sources of data that we can support, right? Like historically, okay. again, there's an API, you send data, and then we have a couple of connectors. Um, okay. Now, their focus is, okay, I want to help external customer though think about how do I send data and then actually build the entire infrastructure to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, then they bring the data within Algolia. And we have the second step. So once the data hits uh, the Algolia infrastructure, we have the, the pipeline team, so the events and records pipeline, which the role of this team is to build everything necessary to process this data, you know, like build this data orchestration uh, layers into, okay, I want to clean the data, I want to enrich the data, I want to transform yep. the data, version the data, and everything that okay. you need to do in such a way that then downstream consumers, the search team, the recommend team, the query suggestion team, and whatnot, they can leverage it, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, they would uh, we would dump it, let's say, in a data warehouse or in a stream of data, uh, and, and then they would reuse it. And then on top of this, you know, we have something that we call the application experience, um, which that is all about building this um, Algolia experiences into native marketplaces like Shopify or Salesforce Commerce Cloud. Um, and the goal of that is how can we build these great experiences? Because we know fundamentally, we were talking before, that that kind of personas are different than um, an, an average uh developer that is using APIs. So what it actually means being into a Shopify marketplace or an SFCC market, uh, marketplace. But then, of course, they're at the top of the pyramid because they're going to reuse the entire connection and, and, and pipeline um, you know, system. I'm with you. Um, and I love the cake analogy as well. <laughs> cheers. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we, again, and one, one magical thing that happens when you start thinking about this is each team has a very clear focus, right? Like there's no debate. It's like, should we do this or not? It's like, okay, what's the main KPI of our team, right? Like what is yeah. our main okay. mantra? It's like building data, coming like <clears throat> importing data, you know, like ingesting data. Okay, cool. So I'm going to work on that. Uh, second thing is now everything that you're going to build. So let's say you build a BigQuery connector, right? Like going okay. and fetch the from BigQuery. It's not just one team, you know, the search team that is going to leverage it or the recommend, but it's the entire company that actually leverages data because they don't care where the data is coming from as long as it comes, right? Uh, so we always have a multiplicator uh, effect, right? Like one thing that you build now serves and yep. The other main advantage is tomorrow there's a new team, you know, you were talking about personalized recommendations. Yeah. Uh, actually, what's great about that, it's, it's going to be close to zero effort of course, I'm minimizing. <laughs> it's going to be effort onto building the feature itself. But what they're going to be able to do is plug into a stream of data yeah. that already comes. You know, there are records coming, there are events coming. So you know your customer, you know the data. Now you're just mixing it together and you focus on your business and your feature, right? Instead of spending months of, okay, now I need to deploy a new infrastructure. Should I do it on GCP or should I do it on AWS and whatnot, you know? Um, so uh, again, you. yeah, that's our, uh, in a way, our... Um, focus today and our biggest challenge as well, right? Because we're in the early days of building everything like this. Um, I know Facebook, Netflix, they they, 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 um, they figure it out. Uh, you know, we are in the phase where we have a lot of assumptions where uh, yeah. we take one by one and trying to validate them or, uh, or not. What, what do you think might come over the next a couple of months? You know, we're, we're going to talk about where you're hiring, you know, in a second, just to wrap up. You've given us some massively valuable context around uh, platforms, a little bit more on Argolia and some of the challenges, but what what is to come, do yeah. you think, for the business? Um, so I guess right now, we, well, right now we're in the space of multi-product, right? So the, 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 the challenge itself is like, how do we get there successfully? And we did it already with Recommend being the second product and we're working on a third product and, and, and whatnot. Nice. Uh, yes. But then from... Uh, engineering perspective, product engineering perspective, it's all about like, how do we, so we know how to scale, right? Like today we we have, I don't know, trillions of uh, search requests more than, you know, Bing and and, and other um, search engines. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we process like billions of uh, data points per, per day, but it's like, so we know how to necessarily scale uh, from an infrastructure in, uh, perspective. 
yeah. The goal here now is like, how do we actually move fast, right? Like how do we build all these foundations and all these platforms and all these kind of like focus groups um, to be able to spin new idea, new products uh, very fast and, you know, minimize the effort uh, into, you know, um, building things and then and then the, just trash them. Uh, so yeah. in, in, in the platform, uh, in the data platform specifically, it's all about how can we get to a validation point as soon as we can, right? Like, again, we are hiring a lot okay. of uh, people with expertise in the field um, to, to try to get there. That's why a lot of our assumptions are one of the things that we're doing is we're using, uh, you know, uh, managed services. So instead of like spinning clusters of, let's say, Kafka, for now, we would use uh, things like, let's say, PubSub, uh, right? Because okay. yep. our focus is not scaling the infrastructure our focus is like do our customer need this kind of type of interactions our internal yeah. customers yeah. can they benefit from what we're doing how do we help them um getting there uh, and then when we hit the sweet spot that's when we actually start thinking about okay now we need to seriously build a new team that is going to help us maintaining the kafka cluster for example customer versus engineering right that, that's how i'm going to remember it yeah love it uh talk to us a little bit about hiring needs and and where the business needs to scale internally yeah um so today we're hiring every like every team is hiring uh and you know like there's no there's no shortage of uh, of job uh, requirements um in my team specifically i'm i'm hiring front end full stack uh, back end uh, devops engineers i have like 15 plus openings um, we are hiring remotely uh, as well as um, you know on premises across you know uh, us and a big chunk of uh, europe okay. um, so you know the, the biggest focus uh, today is uh, for us is again Backend engineers, people who actually know how to do data at scale, um, they, they've been there, they've done that. We're in a phase where we consolidate our offerings, so we, we're hiring a lot of uh, experts. Um, now, there are tons of other teams, right? Rec recommend team, predict team, search team, and whatnot. Uh, same thing, they're hiring data engineers, front-end engineers. So again, I think if you are an engineer and you're looking for a new job, go yeah. to the Algolia uh, website, and there's a big chance you're going to actually find an opening that um, you like, um, specifically that we're hiring as well at all levels, right? From junior to principal engineers. Um, so does it answer your question? Because it feels like... Uh, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, a question in there. Are you agnostic in terms of technology or do you need to be more down the expert route of a language or yeah. a particular environment? So I guess there are some jobs which require like expertise in a given uh, with a given tech, but around eighty percent of our roles were not necessarily looking like are you a Go expert or are you you know like a, a GCP expert. There might be a couple of those, but what we're looking for is like have you kind of worked in this domain, right? Have you worked in this field, or do you actually want to work in this stuff and learn something new? Uh, so we're looking a lot on uh, for people um, with with you know, desire to work on a given problem uh, with some experience about that, but not necessarily uh, direct one-to-one -one mapping of, of skills. So for example, in my team, right, we're using today for the first version is, uh, we are cloud agnostic, but we chose the, the, the alpha version to be on GCP and we're using Golang as the backend language, right? Yeah. But if, for example, you are someone who actually built, you know, event-driven architectures and you've been doing, you know, exactly. data platform streaming and you are used to do it with, let's say, Flink and Java over uh, AWS, apply <laughs> right away. Like, I'm looking yeah. for people, again, with, with expertise in, 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 in certain fields, but the tech itself, like, we're very confident these people are smart people and they can learn new things, Um I completely agree. I think from a recruitment standpoint, obviously, evidently, I've got an opinion on this, but I think a lot of the companies, especially B2C at large scale audiences, optimize for scalability, availability or reliability. Some of the things that we've spoken about, as opposed to particular languages, you you open up a pool and a mindset to so many more people than when you focus in a specific area. If anyone's listening, 
please do that. I think it's the right approach. Seems like you are as well, or you guys, um, which I implore. I think it's the right thing to do. Cheers. Uh, and yeah, and I guess we don't have the choice either, right? I, I do believe that's the right choice, uh, but I do believe as well, like the market changed. Uh, so today it's, you, you know, you, you know the market, right? Uh, you cannot really afford kind of like being old school and it's like, I want folks to do exactly like this. No, it's, it doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah, R- Robert would impress you, uh, actually, for everyone listening. He's actually sourcing people himself. Um, he's, he's on LinkedIn sourcing people. So if, if he reaches out to you before you reach out to him, which I hope is the case, do reach out to him. Obviously, uh, you've heard a good chunk of 45, 50 minutes of us talking about some of their platform challenges. You've heard some very interesting figures around scale. Do reach out to the guys and girls. Obviously, if you're European-based and US-based, technology agnostic, but Robert might reach out to you as well. Yeah, and again, I think one last point is, even if you're not looking for a job and you just want to connect and kind of like share best practices and whatever, right? Like we're all into this, right? It's not one company versus the other. It's as the developer community is the same thing with like the the community of, you know, people hiring and whatnot. So feel free to even just drop and say, yeah, I feel your pain, you know, with hiring. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to discuss about those things. Uh, But again, um, I think it's a great moment to join Algolia. Um, It's not just because I worked there. But it's, it's the moment, the sweet spot between like really, really accelerating uh, and not being a small startup anymore, cannot, cannot afford to, um, um, to go fast. So, yes, join us. <laughs> Love it. I agree. Robert, I want to say big thanks. T- today's been massively insightful on Algolia, um, some Amazon mindset, what you're doing, what you're building, and just really coherent and clear. So, Big thanks well, from me, Will, engineers, everyone. Come and like, share, subscribe, get in touch with Robert, talk to him about what you're doing, and big peace and love to everyone. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you a lot for having me, and uh, cheers, everyone. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching this episode. Uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us. If you want to find out more about us and what we're doing, please check us out on social media. What we're trying to do at Engineers is build a community to drive knowledge, sharing and experiences. On Twitter, we can be found at engineers.io. It's no underscore. We've also got a website, which is engineers.io. These links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.